And here we are, the Steve Maraboli Podcast, Whispers of Genius, Echoes of Madness. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, all of you who listen. Thank you for the five-star ratings on iTunes and all the kind messages you've been sending us. We have a quicker show today, so not just probably be about 45 minutes we have. We have a tight studio time today, so uh, we're going to get this done here at Layover Media, not because I was late. Not because, <laughs> not because of nope. traffic and fun nope. stuff today. We had a lot of fun uh, uh, stuff today, so a great, exciting day, and I get to close it out here with you folks, and then later on uh, after this do a, an MMA podcast, and which is vastly different from this <laughs> one. But, Completely different show. But uh, thank you so much, you two. Layover Media. Hey. Stella. <laughs> Chris. How's Long time no see. What do we got today? I want to get to it quickly. So that I can give the people their show. All right, the people, the people. Uh, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I did that. She got glitched. I don't know why I did that. You did. Okay. All right. All right. So, a lot of people want to know about the concept behind pretend God is deaf, and I was wondering if maybe you felt like expanding on that a little bit. Sure. Um, and well, pretend God is deaf is is uh what amounts to this it's probably 10 years now so mm -hmm. amounts to our the idea of it was in the first book but the expansion of it was it was actually book two and so i i, I guess i've been a behavior guy for most of my life and uh, and i and i just leaned that way uh, an observer of behavior a people watcher I know people watching is a thing, but I want to say it's a behavior watcher. And what I found interesting, so when I was when I was young, so my mom's mom, my grandma, my mom's mom married uh, the only grandpa I knew. I, I didn't know my dad's dad. So the only grandpa I knew was the husband of my mom's mom. She, he wasn't my mom's dad, uh, but he was an American guy. World War II veteran, uh, uh, John, and he's the only grandpa I knew, and I, I knew him from when I was a, a really young kid, nicest guy, an angel, this dude, I mean, he was a Navy SEAL before they were called Navy SEALs in World War II, would never Crazy. talk about it, uh, we just knew that that's what he did, and when he was older, I took him to Saving Private Ryan, where he cried like a baby the entire movie so powerful. Um, powerful stuff still never spoke about it uh just a great guy in general uh, a lot of my life lessons uh at a young age came mm -hmm. from from this guy and i think he was um i knew him when he was already uh retired i think pretty much retired but he was like a union window cutter in jersey you know mm -hmm. before meeting my um grandma and, and then marrying and you know they spent 20 years i guess wow. together or something wow. uh 20 plus years before mm -hmm. um before he passed away but the reason i bring up my grandpa john is that uh when i started learning to ride my bike uh in my hometown of port washington long island it's a beautiful town it's like a, a postcard everywhere mm -hmm. you look a nice safe community all this stuff the type of community where you could ride your bike as a kid, seven, eight years old. You could ride your bike around town. You were always safe. You were fine. So I was learning to ride a bike, and 
my mom, of course, gave the amazing advice as far as safety goes. Mm -hmm. She gave the amazing advice of don't get hit by a car, right? <laughs> so, so my good advice. My, yeah, yeah. It's fair. It was yeah. legitimate advice. Legitimate so she was advice. like, Oh, don't 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 fall. You know, she my mom would give advice like that. Don't right. fall <laughs> and don't get dirty, that kind of stuff. So she said, Don't get hit, right? My grandpa John, and again, my mom you know, they grew up in, my parents grew up in the poverty. I'll never understand the idea of riding a bike, first of all, <laughs> as a kid or having the time. My mom had a job since she was like four. My dad also like crazy. Um, my mom described like her upbringing. She, she wasn't, she was, they had like a family restaurant. Mm -hmm. So she was really working like since she was a kid, like wow. a child, That's crazy. you know, like waiting tables mm -hmm. and cleaning and whatever. She was like a, like a servant, you know what I mean? And and so, for real, they didn't really have a childhood. And the idea of, oh, I'm going to take my bike for a ride around town is just so <laughs> she didn't, in, her, in fairness to her, uh, don't die was just about what she had to offer. But my grandpa, John, born and raised in good old New Jersey, mm -hmm. uh, he, he gave me great advice. He said, listen, I, I want you to, I know that, that, cars they, that you think they should see you when you're going by their driveway when you're crossing the street and that kind of stuff they think they see you but i, I want you to know that they might look at you or they might be looking at the radio steve I, adults sometimes are, are looking in your direction but they have other things in their mind they don't really see you so when you're crossing their driveway when you're crossing the street i want you to pretend that they can't see you pretend they are blind to pretend you are invisible to them. If you pretend that, then you'll be safe. Mm -hmm. Then you won't assume they see you. You won't assume you can cross now. You won't assume that they'll stop for you. You'll pretend they're blind, pretend you're invisible, and you'll be safe if you make that assumption. So I think as I got older, like that was amazing <laughs> advice. That pretend you're invisible, yeah. pretend they're blind is amazing advice because it keeps you safe and it doesn't, it doesn't put you in in assumptions as far as uh, oh they should see me, they should be stopping, I should be okay here. He clearly looking at me, you could see me when you're backing mm -hmm. up. I didn't make any of those assumptions, and I stayed safe. As I got older, as I got older, and I started getting into like philosophy and again being raised Catholic. I started reading a little bit more um, biblical stuff and theology, and I started noticing that, like this God. So I, I entered in in the theology, the God area first, and I I started noticing that for all the accolades of of magic wand yielding God, mm -hmm. it wasn't really that. Like the God would always ask something of some sort of behavior. You'd say. Moses walk through the desert with these people for 40 years you know it was right. and when you get there he didn't say when you get there pray no when you get there take the stick and jam it into the water and demand like everything was always action 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 it was it was about behavior when Jesus was doing something even it was always behavior if you notice most people talk about scripture and words and all that stuff but isn't it interesting that here you have Jesus the who's supposed to be your savior, right? I, I find it so interesting that Jesus wasn't an author. He actually didn't write anything. That's hmm. crazy. Nothing. A hundred percent is action and word of mouth. So I found it so 
important, so incredible that if your salvation was based on your ability to read and understand scripture, Jesus would have been an author. Yeah. But instead, it was it was an activist in that saying. It was all action based mission, you know. And so I was like, "Wow, this is all things." And when Jesus would go pray, he would go pray in private. And when Jesus' disciples were, they were like, "Hey, man, how do you do this? How do you know?" They're basically asking him the keys to his success. And he said the famous, "Ask and it'll be given. Seek and ye shall find. Mm-hmm. Knock and it should be <laughs> opened." Right. So I found it so interesting that when Jesus here was asked. You know, how do you do it? What's the key? What's the secret? His answer was three verbs. Again, all action. So I said, this is amazing. So yes, Jesus went and did it. And when, when, you know, Moses, and when you get to Pharaoh, you stand there and you say like action, all these things are action. So I started thinking um, like, because I had a lot of thinking time in the military where just I had a lot of, I think you're most honest when you're scared or in trouble, you know, that kind of stuff. And in the military, it was both. You know, you're, <laughs> right. you're, you're like, oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah. I'm in a bad situation. Or, and I'm scared. And also, it's like when you're most truthful and most reflective. So I would think like, think of for thousands and thousands of years, people have been asking for um, peace, but there hasn't been peace. For mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of years, people are asking for help and cure to hunger and all that stuff. And there hasn't been any of that. Why? And then I realized I put that together that like there is no magic wielding God in theology, in any theology. It's all action oriented. And there was even a passage that we quote in the beginning of Pretend God is Deaf, which is Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 58, where here's God, and and I'm paraphrasing, I don't have it in front of me, so anyone who's super Bible, don't get all crazy about it. I'm paraphrasing. It's basically God talking to the people, right? And they're like, oh, you forget us and you don't. And so God answers finally. He's like, dudes, listen, when did I tell you that like fasting was the answer of how to reach me? Mm-hmm. When did I tell you that that um, that uh, wearing certain things or saying certain words or putting ashes on yourselves and doing all this 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 uh, ceremony in theater for everyone around you? When did I tell you that that's what would make me listening? No, no, no. You you want me to answer? You want to say a prayer to me? You want to talk to me? Forgive people's debt. Mm-hmm. Free the prisoners. Mm-hmm. You know, get, like it, th- that kind of stuff. Be kind. Be be generous. Be generous. Be like, forgive those the imprisons. Let free the imprisoned. Like that kind of stuff. And he goes. Then, then when you speak to me, I will answer. So I put all that together, and I'm like, wow. What if I took Grandpa John's philosophy mm-hmm. of pretend you're invisible, pretend those people are blind, and I, I connected it to my relationship with God? And I'm like 20 when I'm thinking this, <laughs> right? And so I think, what, what does, so what Jesus at the time, I was super Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. So what does Jesus do? Why, why isn't he writing things? Because his actions speak. The reason why you're able to know about it 2,000 years later is because his actions were so dedicated they couldn't be misinterpreted. There was no language variations that can misinterpret the power of his generosity, the power of his movement, the power of his unapologetic drive to what his mission was. No language would limit his behavior. 
And I thought, what a great conversation to have with God, one through language. So now, if I want there to be peace, I'm not going to say just a bunch of words. I'm going to be peace. If I want them to help others, I'm not going to say a bunch of words. I'm going to help others. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take action. I'm going to pretend that this God of Isaiah is talking to me. And bro, you want things better? Tell me with your actions. So I think that really developed the young philanthropic version of me. And then as I got older and I started becoming more experienced in life, I was able to apply it to other things. What if I pretend my relationship partner? What if I pretend my my um, uh, my family, my friends? What if I pretend they are deaf? Now I can't just say I love you. What does I love you look like? What is what does I'm proud of you look like? What does I forgive you look like? We know what it sounds like, and we know you could be a master of words. We know people who are master of words who have who have a, a, a strong and a high blood pressure of words, but an anemia and a low <laughs> blood pressure of actions. We know what that is like. Yeah. So let me not be that. Let me, let me not be. And little did I know later on the behavioral science behind it, I, I was saving myself those dopamine hits right. that were robbing my, uh, my, uh, my companions and friends and family of the actual behavior. Mm. Wow. When I tell you I love you and say it in such an eloquent way, I don't have to show you because you're going to respond. Oh, thank you so much. I love you too. I appreciate it. Boom. I'm in. Mm. I don't have to do shit now. But instead, instead, what does it look like? What, what does that sound like? My family, what does, it, what does I'm proud of you look like? We know what it sounds like. So what happens when the people around you, you start pretending they're all deaf in that way? Now, what does commitment show you? Now, anyone knows that if you spend a day with me, I don't have to tell you who I am or what I'm about. You spend a day with me, you will know exactly who I am, what I'm about, and you'll have a sneaking suspicion that if you get in my way, I'm going to run your ass over. Yes. I don't have to say any of that. No. Right. <laughs> and so that's, that's the, the how Pretend God is Deaf started and how it eventually... I guess in like 2009 became uh, a book and it's on its 10 year anniversary. I think I just, did I just see that in my inbox, the, the 10 year anniversary yeah. Uh, thing? Yeah. Yep. So 10, I can't believe some of these things, how old they mm-hmm. are. I, I can't be if I'm just <laughs> getting younger, Chris. <laughs> yep. um, uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's the expansion on pretend God is deaf. It, it, it is, it is what you still hear in some of my uh, behavioral and corporate talks and, that of of taking action, like letting your actions speak. It was actually born in a in a theological sense. It was born in in my deep thoughts and prayers and reflections on life, what it is, on on what my Christianity was and what it meant. Um, and I think that that's the beauty of it that I that I keep with me today. The beauty of of all those things I learned and went through, and and what I adapted um, through again behaviors and. And I and I hold to them uh, today. We get a lot of questions about you know what your biggest lesson was. Would would you say pretend God is deaf was the biggest lesson you've? I would say, I I, I think that varies. There's mm-hmm. what's your biggest lesson? I don't know. I think it it varies because mm-hmm. at the time that was probably my biggest lesson. My biggest lesson at the time is that we're in a we're in a. I have to let go of 
trying to control or decipher what happens after I die, what happens when I'm beyond this human experience. It's beautiful to think about, and I still think about it, and the three of us and our friends and I, we've had endless amazing conversations yeah. <laughs> about it, right? Yeah. And it's always fun, and I'll have those conversations with people forever. It's always fun to think about, exciting. You can get goosebumps sometimes. Like, it's just amazing <laughs> to think about. But I think that that pretend God is deaf lesson came with, with just recognizing, okay, but I am having this human experience. And I am subject to the laws of physics. And I am subject to these rules on earth for now. And let me see what happens. And the, and the people who are successful, the people who are impacting the world in a positive way, the people who are getting things done, they are behaving that way. It's like Einstein said, nothing happens until something moves. And I decided then with the pretend God is deaf mm -hmm. that I'm going to be something that moves. Was your was Ooh. was your grandpa John? Was he always like profound, or was that just like... no? He wasn't being profound. He was being very practical. He's hmm. he was the. I don't think he was profound. I don't think he yeah. was religious. I think that he was a union window <laughs> guy mm -hmm. from Jersey, and I think that he would just he 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 knew how to. I don't think he was. There was nothing that led me to believe that he was religious. He wasn't. Uh, um, he he was kind he wasn't mm -hmm. mean or anything yeah. like that he played the organ he was like a musician he, he wasn't That's he cool. was like an average person there wasn't anything that really stuck out about him other than he was a cool grandpa uh, he was great to pick me and my friends up when my parents weren't available mm -hmm. and we, me and my friends wanted to go to the roller rink yeah. or something like that he was great to pick us up uh, he would jump on those roller skates too sometimes That's and awesome. he was a nice guy but he wasn't really a profound guy he, he liked he he loved two things, my grandma and the New York Yankees. <laughs> that's what he loved, and that was clear in his life that grandma and the New York Yankees come first. Uh, and yeah, if we're around, he'll he'll throw some advice our way. I wonder what awesome. he would think about this entire, pretty much, I, I would call it a movement, pretend God is deaf, pretend. Well, I wonder what he would think about this. Stemming from what yeah. he said to you as a boy, I wonder how he. <laughs> I think he'd think it was cool. I, again, I th I think he he would think it was mm -hmm. cool. He yeah. um he was a good dude, and uh, he I know he was proud when I went into the military. He was a very patriotic mm -hmm. guy, and um yeah, I I think that he would like it. He, he would like to know that he had <laughs> he had an impact like this. Yeah. I think I think this was. You go through things in your life where you realize like this is how it works and and i that was definitely one of them like wow when people are saying how do you get so much done how did you reach this well because i did it i did it and, yeah. and, and that's that's um that's something that's lost in this later on became these guru this, this little piece and i think it's kind of dying out that kind of just intended and it'll come kind mm -hmm. of philosophy, just manifesting yeah. it by yeah. through intention that, that died out pretty quickly because people saw that it doesn't work. Um, and there's some, some people still hanging on to that, yeah. but like you can, it's easily dismissible and you start realizing it. Like what I would tell you, the church would say, mm -hmm. you know, pray and, and, and the windows of abundance <laughs> shall be opened unto ye, but then <laughs> right. they hand out a basket, right? So <laughs> yeah. like you start seeing like that. And then, so you start thinking like, oh, you can have all the, the, the phone sex in the world, mm -hmm. but nobody's getting pregnant from phone sex. Like, right. like the action <laughs> has to be taken. Right. Like you can't think about having sex and someone gets pregnant from that. That doesn't, the action has to be had. So mm -hmm. 
while you can spiritually feel connected to someone, you can think about it and you can think about it so clear, you can meditate on it and it can be like it's happening. But unless it's physically on earth happening, nothing's going to be born of it. And that was huge for me. This pretend God is deaf thing was huge to me. So, and, and I, to, to, you see some of the, the ideas of, of apologies. The best apology is changed behavior. Yeah. Right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. What does I'm sorry look like? The best love is when people explain love, you're so limited by the word love. But when you say hey, you're there for me and you help me, remember when you showed up and you're, you're talking about mm. behaviors. We're talking about what love looks like. You hear as love is something you do. We're talking about what love looks like. So that's um, uh, that's huge for me. So that becomes a lesson in all those and and in all that in the positive and in the negative. And the negative being um, that we also when we know what it looks like, we know what it doesn't look like, and that's where we we kind of argue with reality and feel our pain. Right. Yeah. You know, like, hey, I'm I'm texting this chick a bunch and she's she's not answering. Well, but it's just that's, no service. That's well. not what love and interest looks like. And unfortunately, you're like arguing, well, you know, maybe she happens to be on an airplane every yeah. single day. All the time. All the time, Flies out of service, and like she's the only one on earth not texting people. And so you start, you know, you fighting off that you know, arguing with reality, mm-hmm. but by knowing what things look like, uh, you start to recognize what thing uh, what things don't look like, and that's um, that's been a gauge that that I continue to work on. Uh, D- Dashi on Facebook was wondering what your thoughts on like gut instinct and intuition is. If it's if you think it's woo woo or real, she wants to know. Um, you know, sh- when should we listen to the our intuition and when should we be thinking about like other factors? I think you should always be thinking about other factors. I think the more information you have, the better. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that intuition's woo-woo. I don't think intuition's woo-woo. I just think when you think it's a cosmic intuition, then I think it's woo-woo. Mm-hmm. When you have, you know, sometimes it's like words. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, um, uh, it's words. So like an intuition is just something that you can subconsciously feel. Your subconscious is picking up, 99% of your subconscious is picking up things it's not mentioning to you. And then some of the stuff it mentions to you and you're like, oh wow, I just noticed (laughs) this. No, it noticed that and then told you to notice (laughs) that. Sometimes your subconscious hints towards something or reacts chemically to something. Mm -hmm. And you, Oh, what's I have a weird feeling. I have a mm-hmm, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, those we can say are an intuition, and it's a, it's a subconscious reaction to something. Wow. So to pay right. attention to that is huge. You know, the butterflies in your stomach and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Those are those are you know, if you say I have butterflies in my stomach because I'm X Y Z, uh, you're not necessarily wrong. You can go as woo woo as you want. Mm-hmm. That's the angels hugging me. Then that's a little woo woo. Yeah. But we know. So you have at the at the at the, the mouth of your stomach, mm-hmm. there's a tremendous collection of cells, tremendous collection of cells. So much so that it is often referred to in in legit medical mm-hmm. science, it is often referred to as your second brain. Oh, huh? Yeah. So it's Crazy. often return, referred to as your second brain, and because mm-hmm. just like your brain, it requires a lot of mm-hmm. blood, a lot of blood flow. So what ends up happening is when you, your subconscious picks something up and it could be, you see somebody and it's like, they're, you know, 
heart eye emojis mm-hmm. and right. that kind of stuff. And you hit, what happens is your your paleomammalian brain, your mm-hmm. limbic system kicks in to like fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow, a companion, a, pro- a possible mate, mm-hmm. a possible person to reproduce mm-hmm. with, whatever it is, and your face gets flushed. And mm-hmm. right, so what happens when your face gets flushed and all of a sudden your hands get hot and your feet get <laughs> hot, right? Because your, right. your body does what it does in fight or flight is job is to shoot the blood out to your extremities. That's why you can... You go to the gym and you have to warm up for a half hour to, to skip rope, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But if a dog's chasing you, you can hop a fence without warming up. Run away from a dog and hop a fence without warming up right. and you're fine, yeah. Right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason that happens is because you kick into fight or flight and your body shoots the blood out to the extremities and it warms you up. You're ready, you're warm, you're ready and go, right? And then you'll be nervous and you'll be afraid and what happened? Where do you feel that? The pity of your stomach, yeah. right? So when you see somebody in heart eye emojis or some sort of uh, uh, a, a in a positive way and you see, oh, my God, I have butterflies in my stomach, that feeling of butterflies in your stomach is actually because that blood that your second brain in your, in your, in your stomach area um, requires, it shoots that blood all out. And your second brain's like, Yo, man, give me my blood back. (laughs) And we feel that as like the butterflies in our stomach. Wow. So if it's a good thing, you're like, wow, that person gives me butterflies. Mm -hmm. The same feeling negative, that that person gives me a bad feeling Mm -hmm. in my stomach. Yeah. It's still fight or flight. It's still still fight or flight. So that's that's what that is. That's still beautiful. That to me is still beautiful. Like I looked at you. And something, my subconscious <laughs> recognized you as compatible with me. And I, hard eye emojis. And then, then, and then you're, you, you, can, you can kill the romance by saying when it recognizes the compatibility, it sends you every signal to be like, oh, wow, she's hot. She's this. We should, we should procreate with that one for sure. And it gives <laughs> you all those signals so that you feel the attraction. You can unromanticize it like that, but I don't want to. I like to think like, oh, look. My subconscious recognizes you as a connection for me, as a puzzle piece for me. And I think that's beautiful. And I feel butterflies because our connection is so amazing. My body actually goes into fight or flight when <laughs> right. I look at you. Mm-hmm. I think that's badass. Yeah. That is cool. Now, if you say something like angels were dancing because we looked at each other and that's what happened, why I feel in my mm-hmm. stomach. It's poetic. It's beautiful. And if you were describing it that way in poetry or if I was describing it, my younger version of me described angelic and connections and stuff. If you're describing it that way, I think it's beautiful. If you're telling me that's what's actually happening, then I think it's woo-woo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's woo-woo. that makes sense. Yeah. We're so like- that's the way I feel yeah. about woo-woo. So a lot of times when people say like I'm anti-woo-woo, I'm not anti-woo-woo for the sake of poetry and storytelling and illustrating. I'm I'm anti-woo-woo when you use it as fact. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like right. I, metaphor is fine. Metaphor is beautiful yeah. and and it's like I said life can be magical. It's just not magic. So when you tell people like that like it's real, then then I feel like it disempowers them. It disempowers them. No, you have intuitions, you have a lot a lot of innate qualities that we don't use because we as- we assign weird things to them. <laughs> right. So like this woman who's asking about uh, intuition, what does she feel? When should we do? Is it too woo-woo? Mm-hmm. 
the fact that you would think it's woo-woo at all just tells you how much people ascribe woo-woo to it. So you're not right. even sure if you should listen to it. Yeah, wow. listen to it. But it's not an angel telling you. It's not your guardian angel whispering into your belly button. It's something <laughs> pick, something that you're something about your evolution. Now we are we are the descendants of the winners, the survivors. Mm -hmm. That's pretty badass. So something about your evolutionary tools has telling you, hey, pay attention to this for a second, either for good or for bad. But yeah, definitely listen to it and see what it's for. We we control that. So see what it's for. You don't have to attribute anything magical or scary to it. Uh, just attribute to it what it is. So is there anything like mother's intuition and I guess sure. that's the only thing I've ever heard of mother's yeah, intuition? Yeah, I think that there's those things. Is there a connection like that? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. But I think that there's those things. There's conf too much confirmation bias goes with it. So it's like um, there's too much confirmation bias to, to just have that. Now, everyone right now has a million stories. No, I have this story of this and that. I do. I get it. And I'm with you. I have, I have awesome stories that we should mm -hmm. talk about. So we should talk about that the next show because this show mm -hmm. is going to be number 665, yeah. right? So next show, you guys ready? So yeah. next show is going to be 666. So let's talk about superstitions. Mm -hmm like the 666 superstition. Yeah. Let's talk about superstitions and other things like that because there are some, I have some great ghost kind of stories. No. And, yeah, like like mm -hmm. things that yeah. are contrary to what I quote unquote believe but don't have an answer for so that I would love an answer for. But <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we should do that. Our next yeah. show, 666 show, let's have fun with the 666. That would be cool. Yeah, definitely. You know? Instead of like what buildings do, they don't. They like skip the thirteenth floor. Really, in twenty nineteen, you don't have a thirteenth floor. Well, they and do, so, right? They just it's just numbered. They just skip the number. There's a thirteenth floor. Yeah, there's a thirteenth yeah. floor, but they skip the number. The number. So it, they go from twelfth floor. The next floor is the fourteenth floor. Here's there is one small, building around here though that you can see from the parkway that proudly displays the six. Yeah, six, over six. by the mall. Over there. by the mall. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one's. But that's <laughs> funny. But that's even, even, even you who weren't raised in any religious kind of fashion, no. um, know what the six 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 equals. You know, it's so a weird that they display it like that. <laughs> it's, and you think it's weird solely based on this kind of theology, the superstition, the culture. Kinda, yeah. So let's talk about that. I think that's mm -hmm. uh, fantastic because I have some great stories as far as mother's intuition and stuff. Yeah. Like again, that's language. So. Mm -hmm. Mother's intuition, most people will be like, yeah, yeah, I totally get that. There's mm -hmm. got to be a connection. The, the kid is literally you. So yeah. there, there's, there's got to be a connection that there's a lot of language and science on dual locality mm -hmm. for molecules and connections like that. So yeah. I'm into that. Um, uh, and so that's interesting to talk about. But it's so funny how if you say I had a, a mother's intuition, you get it. But if you say I had a mother's premonition, woo-woo. Mm -hmm. No, but you're, right. so just different ways of, of describing things. So we should talk about it because I'm not closed off to any of that. I want all of that to be true. But I, I want to know if it's true or not. But mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of confirmation bias that yeah. goes with that. Well, so. I think the obvious ones that are like, I, I had a bad feeling before I got on the plane. I didn't go or I had a bad feeling and something bad happened. Yeah, but, but you, you always, have, always bad have bad feelings. Right, it's just easy to look back yeah, on it. It's, yeah, it's, that, it's what I told you. It's called the retroactive mm -hmm. continuity. Right. So, so mm -hmm. yeah, and your brain kind of erases the rest. So you really think, no, but really, it's how it happened. <laughs> no, it is how it happened. Yeah. Just like when, oh, I, fa I fall in love and now 
every song is about them. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Well, yeah, sure, in this context, in the confirmation bias, it's the same music you were listening to yesterday. It's just different now because you're different now. Your brain is listening for different (laughs) things. So that's that's pretty interesting. I know we got to keep going, so thank you for that. That's the... uh, Update on Pretend God is Deaf. A couple of feedbacks. Do we have more feedback? Mm-hmm. Do we do a Steve Reeds? What are we doing? Um, let's see here. Let's do... Oh, we had some controversy here in the office about... And it happened to be our most commented post this week about toast. <laughs> Oh, the bread? Because you guys are all ridiculous. So I walk in. <laughs> I walk into this place. Chaos. I want everyone to know there was chaos in here. I thought... I thought that the whole building was going to shake and that everything <laughs> going off. And what we're talking about, insulting each other, questioning, questioning everyone's decisions for the rest of their lives and every decision they made until this. And I'm wondering what happened here at this usually happy and amazing office. What's the intensity about <laughs> what's happening? And, and, and what we're talking about is toast. Yeah, well, it and depends. so I I say I jump in. I first of all I find it hilarious, and I have to share it with our people. So I share it on our social media pages, and I say it's chaos in the office. I personally was a six H kind of guy, and can I tell you to this day, mm-hmm. there's still chaos. Not in this office as much as there is out there in the webs. Mm. Yeah. Talking about this, my my buddy uh, Lucy. Um, shared it with her big following and she was she was in the office she was the original pam in the british British version (laughs) of the the office so she shared it with her people on her instagram and twitter and they're still all going at it and and there's someone so funny i remember reading one comment that's like steve 6h you're a monster like (laughs) like kind of like what was happening in here just people going (laughs) at it questioning each other's whole life choices based on how you like your toast it depends it depends on what you're eating what you know, if you're eating a turkey Listen, sandwich. Listen, don't try and start the fight again. I de- sticking with six H. It all depends on what you're having. I gotta Is go it just three butter? I. How I can't even. How are you? Three I. Three I. That's for everything. That's a perfect though, for a piece sandwich, of toast, for right? Bread, right. For no, well, avocado listen, toast. Wait, wait, hold on. You throw in a sandwich. <laughs> that's a different. Well, that's what I'm saying. You yeah. can't, can't just choose this one again. and say I'm sticking with this for the rest of my uh, life. First of all, I not only can't I, I just did no, say six H. What about you? Want six H for Quiznos? And if yes, yes. Absolutely. For Quiznos? Well, for I'm Quiznos? saying, do you want yeah. 6 days for avocado toast? Are you toast? trying to talk me out? No, First I'm of all, saying... if I have avocado toast, I'd be on the floor for the Before rest of the day. I can't, you could you have can't. avocado I can't toast, have avocado. Look, at, look at her trying She's to commit trying murder. To poison Before you <laughs> She's trying to commit murder because I'm on 6-H. Because I'm on 6-H. I think that... I, I think just even in that, how this is how Steph's <laughs> trying to spark it up and attempt murder over the toast... I think uh, I think it is funny, so I, I I'm interested to read more of the of the uh, of the comments and and seeing them on Twitter on Lucy's page was like it was still my Twitter was a buzz. Was it a buzz, Chris? Based on my 20 years of cutting edge behavioral science, was it a buzz of my 20 years of turning millionaires into billionaires? Was it a buzz for the endless philanthropy we do? Was it a buzz for any of that? No, it was a buzz over toast, <laughs> over toast that I was connected to. You want to talk about things in our life about that are funny? That's funny. That's toast. Funny. It's toast. You can you can go on YouTube and like bleed out every amazing philosophy you've ever had and people will love it it will be life-changing it will be amazing yet you will get a fraction of the views 
that a cat playing a piano is yes. playing. <laughs> How cat playing a piano? Man. That, That's crazy. No, what's funny was you know, you know there's levels to this. I, I was looking, and it's so funny. Again, twenty years, and there is there. I'm invited to governments to give advice at the top leaders in the spiritual world, top leaders in theology, top businesses around the world. And I'm really honored, and I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying it to, at the same time, Joe Rogan's dog <laughs> has more yeah. followers on social media, double, Is, than double I have. Double the followers. So what my, my, the reason I'm telling Marshall you, like, like, I, like people are like, Steve, we have water and food because of your philanthropic programs. Yes, thank you. And double my followers are Joe Rogan's dog. That's a great and page. So it's, no, it's a great page. And I'm just telling you, like, that's how you have to laugh that's at amazing. life. It's because we do all of this. It's amazing. And the buzz of the – there are people who are like, hey, thank you so much. Life-changing. But the buzz of the week, toast. 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 I Toast. love it. Never change, everybody. Yeah. We're all in this together, and it's all hilarious. It is. You had another killer post this week. What was that? So I can just kind of put you on the spot here. You asked your fans a question. But I think... Oh, if you could travel anywhere yeah. for free, where would you be right now? What I always like about those is like you can tell um, sometimes where people are in life. Mm -hmm. So some are like... Tropical island. Some are specific. Some are like just to my kids. Yeah. yeah. Or like you know to to the past. Yeah, I saw, saw like a couple, a couple really, of to the past, yeah. and I'm like heartbroken for you. Um, yeah, it's always it's always good. I I want to do, I want to do like a, and you two can arrange this, uh, do like a live feedback thing. But I want to be able to. Like you guys would be able to put the camera like over there, yeah, mm -hmm. and so that they can see our setup, and then me still somehow on my computer be able to read what they're writing, so I can talk to them and at the same time answer some of their um, uh, their questions. Yeah. So let's let's figure that out and give that to the people as well. But I like <laughs> I like these kinds of questions because you kind of get a feel for everybody. I wish I could answer all of them, uh, you just can't. So I can do my best on like a video and stuff like that. But I, I really like. I really like those kind of things because you get you get a good feel uh, for people. We got a few minutes, so can I do a Steve reads? Steve reads a story. Steve Steve's story. Steve tells a story. Reads. Oh, he broke. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Steve what tells a story. Reads. Well, I'm reading her face, and her face is like I'm kind of warm, but but. Uh, and, <laughs> story time with Steve. I told you. I said <laughs> that somewhere in there. Steve tells a story time. Story time. Steve tells a story time. Steve. Steve, Steve, Steve tells a Steve story <laughs> time. <laughs> it's time for a Steve story. Time, time, time. And now it's time for story time. Don't blink. He has impeccable hair with Steve. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> story time with, even on a bad hair day, his hair is amazing, Steve. Oh, no. <laughs> have, have I been up for like five days yeah. straight? Okay, here we go. This journey's baggage. This is from one of the books. Unapologetically you. <laughs> Unapologetically you. The journey's baggage. I am a people watcher and I travel a lot. At times this makes for entertainment, aggravation, and even observational learning. On one particular occasion, I was coming back to New York from a business trip out west. 
The plane landed and I couldn't wait to get back to my car and go home. As I walked through the airport like a man on a mission, breezing past baggage claim, I couldn't help but hear the excited cheers of young kids. Curiosity caused me to look in the direction of these extremely loud and excited kids. It appeared to me that their dad had come home from a trip. These kids were jumping up and down in excitement. As soon as their dad got close to them, they tackled his legs. Even as a distant observer, it was a pretty touching moment. The dad seemed equally happy to see his kids as he looked down at them, hugging his legs and jumping at him as he tried his best to hold his arms high and not hit the kids in the head with the, with the luggage. The excitement was touching and gained the attention of several people in the area as the kids were yelling for him to pick them up, pick them up. As I watched, I was thinking to myself, he can't pick them up. He, he can't embrace them. He can't receive the love they're sharing until he lets go of the baggage, the luggage that he was holding on his hands. He has to let go of the baggage from his trip. And again, I couldn't help but liking it to that of all of us, the, the story of all of our lives. This man could not embrace what the now had to offer while he was holding on to the luggage from his journey. How many of us walk around being weighed down by the baggage of our journey? You can't possibly embrace that new relationship, that new companion, that new career, that new friendship, or that new life you want while you're still holding on to the baggage of the last one. Let go and allow yourself to embrace what is waiting for you right at your feet. Boom. So true. That's a good one. That's a good one. I do remember that like it was yesterday. It was probably a long time (laughs) ago. Um, But yeah, I remember that. And the the kids were super loud. And I was trying my best to just GTF out of there. (laughs) Like I was all set. You know, sometimes those West Coast trips kicked my ass. Mm -hmm. And I was just done. I was ready to go home. And those kids were like so excited and like it's touching. And uh, the dude's like holding up his bags like in the air with his hands and he's like trying not to hit them. They don't know. They're jumping at his feet. Pick us up, pick us up, pick us up. And I remember thinking like that's life right there, man. You're holding on to the bags of your journey and every the, all the love, everything you want's at your feet, but you can't possibly do it. You can't possibly be in that moment with them unless you let go of that baggage. And, and again, you talk about eye-opening realizations. Uh, enough for me to write about and here we are in in, you know 10 years probably after that experience and still talking about it and still relevant as Mm -hmm. ever yeah I, i will hold and i know we have to go but I will hold as one of my biggest lessons in all of this including from this story mm-hmm. that the quest to grow wise the quest to grow spiritual is the opposite quest that is a quest sent to you by people selling you shit you do not you do not attain wisdom you do not attain spirituality it is releasing the baggage it's releasing shit you do not grow spiritual. You shrink spiritual. You do not grow wise. You shrink wise. It's about cutting away and letting go, not about attaining. Wow. 
That's it. Yeah, that Boom. was great. All right, so Good listen, episode, we're gonna we're gonna finish this. Yeah. We're about forty five minutes in. We're about fifteen minutes shorter than usual. Well, actually, I don't know if we've ever had an hour <laughs> show because I don't shut the <laughs> f up. But I'm shutting up today because we have to do another yeah, podcast. Do. But next episode episode's gonna be six six six. Let's do superstition. Let's yeah. do all yeah. that. Find questions cool people mm-hmm. might have about superstition. I don't care how crazy it is. Make okay. sure I tell my ghost stories. Okay. And my incredible. Uh, angel stories. I got some stories, man, that I cannot answer uh, that I don't know. I just don't know, and I think that people will love to hear it. Hey, listen, I love you all. Check out net, our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages. Check them out. Make sure you're only corresponding with and dealing with the blue verified checkmark page. That is our only pages. I will answer you as much as I can, your direct messages and messages. I usually answer with voice message. Um, so you definitely know it's me, but we are the only ones that are blue verified check mark Steve Maraboli pages. So check us out. Please give us a five star rating on this podcast. I love you all. Thank you so much. Big hugs from rainy, cold New York. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>